I'll stay on the porch Blow the whistle Blow the whistle Blow the whistle Blow the whistle Where you get that from? Grab a mic, spit one Let me hit that blind Pimp C, 8 ball and MJG Keep spitting that P to the IMP Bun B, that's Texas, baby Ballin' G, that's Memphis, baby Short dog, that's Business and Buckets we are live, episode 132 on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon in the Valley, and uh, plenty of MMA action to talk about. Fight night, Charlotte went down, we have another Apex this weekend, and you gotta enjoy your fights because it's um, the last week in a row, we had a bunch of weeks in a row of MMA action, we have a week off ending the month uh, before a loaded summer slate kicking off in June. Uh, but yeah, episode 132 coming at you. Um, a couple of the last business and buckets episodes before it becomes the business and buckets podcast network broken down into two separate podcasts, one MMA, one business, plenty of business action that's been archived, ready to be shared. Super excited. Lots of work being put in. Um, but fine. The time is finally here. So before we talk MMA, uh, something that won't be changing. We're going to talk about the one and only sponsor here at Business and Buckets, and that is Fueled Supplements. So if it's not broken, why fix it? That's the inspiration behind Fueled Supplements' newest product, Creatine Monohydrate. So why would you take creatine? Well, creatine monohydrate is one of the most well-researched and effective natural supplements available for increasing muscle performance. Creatine enhances performance by supplying a pool of ATP, which acts as the muscle tissue's primary energy source for fuel during explosive bursts of energy, power, and strength. You get 100 servings. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, safe, and effective. You guys know the deal. Enter by promotion code BUCKETS at FueledSupplements.com. That's promotion code BUCKETS, B-U-C-K-E-T-S. You get 15% off. Every t- everyone's trying to get that summertime fine, including your boy. Support small business while doing it. Don't go to Amazon. Don't go to GNC and let the rich get richer. That's what it's all about. There has been some fights been announced. Not as big of a slate as last week. But we have Christian Leroy Duncan taking on Armin Petrosian June 17th. That should be a very good fight. In the flyweight division, we have CJ Vergara and Vinicius Salvador. UFC 291 which has been announced to be in Salt Lake City, July 29th, which definitely has me interested. I believe this is the the first card booked on this bout. Let's see. Because I would like to go to it. A little 10-hour drive, catch a UFC event um, outside of Las Vegas, depending on who's on the card. This is the first and only bout thus far, but if that thing gets booked up, your boy might have to go and, and attend. Uh, we have Vitor Petrino versus Marcin Procnio, UFC 290. Brian Barbarena, Mahmoud Muradov going on in the O2 in London, July 22nd. That's going to be a scrap. We also have Andre Muniz taking on um, Paul Craig, July 22nd in the O2 in London. Um, we also have Kelvin Gastelum officially moving down to the middleweight division which is interesting. I mean, 
I'm not surprised he can move down to middleweight. This is an interesting timing, especially after getting the great win in his return recently. But this is where he feels like he could be the most effective. So I'm interested to see that journey for Kelvin. Um, Francis Ngannou signs with the PFL. That's the big headline that was announced today. Is everyone saying he fumbled the bag? Kind of talking some ish on him. Well, he officially... Get signed with the PFL. I, th- I thought it was always going to be the PFL. His mom was wearing a PFL shirt quite a while ago. But per the New York Times, Ngannou is going to get equity and leadership roles in the PFL. He's expected to fight in the promotion Super Fight pay-per-view division next year. He's competing in boxing this year. The PFL deal is an MMA-only agreement. His boxing plans will be announced at a later time. He doesn't have a PFL opponent announced yet. But he also um, will become chairman of the newly launched PFL Africa and will serve on the company as advisory board to represent fighter interests. And supposedly his opponents are getting base pay. He's getting uh, a very high payment per fight from the PFL. So I'm interested to see how that all plays out. That's big news. He's getting what he wanted. He, he went and talked to one, went and talked to Bellator. Looks like PFL is going to be buying Bellator, which is wild. So lots of drama happening outside the UFC as they stay their course. Let's see if PFL can have uh, Francis Ngannou be the face of the franchise, so to speak. And then there is a BKFC event this Friday in Omaha, Nebraska. Ex-UFC veteran uh, Jimmy Rivera will be fighting in that, so that'll be worth tuning into. Uh, But this past weekend, we had Bellator 296. Uh, Fabian Edwards with a huge win over Gegard Mousasi. Um, that was one of the surprising bouts for me on this event. Unanimous decision victory for Fabian. Brett Primus has a unanimous decision over Mansoor Barnawi. He was quite the big underdog. I was a little bit surprised about that. Douglas Lima gets back on the winning track against Costello Van Stinas in a unanimous decision. So big event for Bellator this past weekend. Some big names for them. And, um... Yeah, just lots of interesting things with the Nganu signing. The next year for the PFL is going to be huge, and we'll see if it works out for them and if that pays off. We had UFC Fight Night Charlotte. I went 7-3 in my picks this weekend. Charlotte breaking the records for the most attended and highest gate in domestic UFC Fight Night history. This does not include pay-per-views, but Fight Night's. Uh, they showed out. They they, they had a um, uh, quite the atmosphere for the card. I did not get to watch it live as I was hiking in Sedona again this past weekend, enjoying the the beautiful uh, um, too you know not too hot summer vibes here in the desert. But I got to watch it back uh, Saturday evening, and there was some good fights. I I enjoyed this card. Um, we'll start off with the Jessica Rose fight as Tainara Lisboa ends up defeating Jessica Clark. Um, and she actually is now released from the UFC after suffering a, a few different losses. She, she gets finished via round three submission. And um, Jessica really just got outclassed in this fight. For somebody that has been battling her way back to try to get on the winning track, uh, has changed gyms, done a little bit of everything. She got outstruck. She got outgrappled. She even got taken down against Tainara making her UFC debut. And what a debut it was for her. Uh, Tainara, Tainara outstruck Jess Jess 97 to 28 in total strikes. 
and 42 to 26 in significant strikes. Um, Tainara did have a submission attempt and a takedown. She was one for two. And Jessica was one for seven in her takedown attempts, so wasn't very successful that, there either. And for Jessica, she had her up and downs, ups and downs in the UFC. You know, that's, that's a tough loss. And then to be released from the UFC roster, I'm interested to see where she goes. I, could, I wouldn't be surprised to see her maybe go to the PFL and fight with some competition there. I'm sure she'll have a, a, a solid career, but tough loss for her. Impressive win by Tanara. Um, her striking just looked high class. I, I think that she's going to move her way uh, through the UFC. Um, you know, brass getting into the rankings quite uh, seamlessly. And uh, she was able to knock it, uh, lock in that rear naked choke when Jessica was pretty much completely gassed towards the end of round three. Then we had Charlotte's own Brian Battle, the Ultimate Fighter alum, with a first-round knockout over Gabe Green. I believe they said this was like the sixth or seventh fastest knockout in UFC history. It took 14 seconds. And there's not a lot to break down here. I mean, Gabe came in furious looking to bring the fight to Brian. And he had Brian up against the cage, and he was throwing, didn't land some. And Brian just had two huge hooks. The right hand landed clean and, and cleanly knocked out Gabe Green. Just, just lawn chaired him, folded him in half. Amazing performance by Brian Battle. Uh, it only took Brian three total strikes and significant strikes with the knockdown. And Gabriel did land six total and significant. But you don't see that happen a lot in the UFC where people just come storming out the gates. And it did not quite work for Mr. Gabe Green. So huge win for Brian Battle. Um, Brian Battle now extends or starts a new winning streak. He is officially one, two, three, four and one in the UFC. Uh, so great, great performance by him. Gabriel Green um, extends his losing streak to two. And um, he has not won since April of 2022. So, so tough run for Mr. Gabriel Green. But that's what's going to happen in a fight. You come out, you, 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 you get a little reckless. Sometimes it'll bite you in the butt. Uh, but this is the very start of the card. I was impressed by how many fans were already in the seats in Charlotte and, and showing out for their fighters. Then in the women's flyweight, we had Mandy Baum win a split decision against Ji Yong Kim. This is important because Kim had got cut from the UFC roster. Supposedly, she was battling knee injuries, but takes that loss and no longer will be on the UFC roster. Then at a catchweight bout, we had Cody uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade with a unanimous decision over Cody Stamen. And this was a very close fight. Um, Douglas landed more volume, including leg kicks. But when Cody did decide to throw, he did have success especially later in the round with some bigger shots. If he was a little bit more aggressive, I think he would have won the fight. But there was a crucial judge uh, mishap early in the fight when um, he got up kicked while being on top of Douglas. I believe it was in the first round. It was a legal up kick, so they stood both of them up, but they did not re um, reclaim position where Cody had control. Um, so they just went straight up and started striking again. And I think that it definitely affected the fight. Props for Cody for just continuing to fight. But that's no fun for him. That's brutal. Um, we look at Cody Stamen now. 
in his prime at 33 years old. He's definitely been up and down. He starts a new losing streak after his two-fight winning streak, and he is 2-6 and six in his last eight fights. Gone to featherweight, gone to bantamweight. Um, this was a 140-pound catchweight, so I'm really interested to see what the future is for him. And then for Douglas... Douglas starts a new winning streak after losing to Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, he was one and one in 2022. Starts a new winning streak. We'll be interested to see where he what what happens with him next. Then in the heavyweights, we had Carl Williams with the unanimous decision over Chase Sherman. Uh, much like the Cody Stamen fight, you know Chase had his moments, especially when his corners uh, started to get him to kick. He had some powerful leg and calf kicks that immobilized the younger Carl Williams. He had a great takedown defended, uh, takedown defense early in the fight. But Carl Williams showing his, his you know, younger age was, was charging Chase, multiple takedown attempts. Um, statistically, he was only one for 10 in takedown attempts, but he landed um, 85 total strikes to Chase to 64 and 70 significant strikes to Chase's 54. And you could tell Chase was just completely gassed in the third round. Chase has had plenty of UFC, um, how should I say this? Plenty of grace from the UFC brass to stay on the roster. He had been released once before, went to Island Fights, got three wins, came back. Um, he has one and six in his last seven, so he is no longer with the UFC. Still a solid fighter. He'd changed camps, done a little bit of everything he could. But I think his days with the UFC are just completely done at this point. Huge win for Carl Williams as he continues his UFC career. He um, extends his winning streak to one, two, three, four, five, six wins in a row. And he is 3-0 and in the UFC, including his contender series victory. So watch out for Carl Williams. Uh, bringing the grappling to Chase like I expected. Um, just, just gassed him out. And then we had the veteran performance of the night. Matt Brown tying the UFC record, tying the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, with 13 career knockouts, gets the 50G award over Court McGee. And um, Court, looking to, to get the grappling going early, got a takedown, um, wasn't able to keep top control, and Matt was able to find the openings. You know, that's pretty much how I expected it to go. I didn't think it would be this early, but huge win for Matt. Um, 22 total strikes to court 17 and 11 significant to courts eight. Plus he had the knockdown. It's pretty wild to think Matt at this age is still talking about coming back and fighting more. He said, Charlotte, do you want me to come back? You know, he's 42 years old right now. Do you want me to break the knockout record? So it seems like he's, uh, definitely wanting to continue to fight. He loves, loves fighting. He said he starts a new winning streak. He is two and one or two and two since the beginning of 2022. So hasn't been super, super active, but still a massive win. And it'll be interesting where court goes here as he's 38, you know, getting inching towards 39. He extends his losing streak to two. He is two and five since the beginning of 2019. Hasn't been super active or successful of late. The ultimate fighter. OG, though. What a career thus far. Huge win by Matt Brown and the prelim headliners. And then we had a really interesting start to the main card with Alex Murano getting a guillotine submission over Tim Means in round two. As Tim Means was just pouring it on uh, against Alex in round one, 
had him rocked at the very end of the round. In my in my mind, it was a, a, a late shot. Went well past the buzzer. Damn near knocked him out. Um, total strikes overall look a lot closer than they were. But Tim Means was taking it to Alex, and I was very impressed um, by Tim, who's, who's fought consistently in the top level of the UFC for many of years. And Alex, who's been really making his way up, I was just surprised. But for him to get rocked like that, come back in round two, get the guillotine choke, uh, Tim had no, the dirty bird had nowhere to go. Statistically, Tim landed 45 total strikes to Alex's 42, and 40 significant strikes to thir- Alex's 33, and he was two for two in takedown. So great performance by Tim, but went for that blast double, got caught in the guillotine. And Alex was able to get the the finish and keeps his winning streak going. So Alex. Let's see. Alex starts a new winning streak. Uh, He is two and one since the beginning of last year. And Tim has his or extends his losing streak to three against three solid fighters. Kevin Holland, Max Griffin and Alex Murano. But definitely a tough stretch for the 39 year old. As uh, he's not getting any younger. Then we had the light heavyweight bout, the the Jag Carlos Olberg with the the quick knockout uh, against Ihor Poteria. He got 50 G's Fight of the Night award. Uh, great for him. It only took him 13 total and significant strikes with that knockdown. Ihor only landed five total and significant and was 0 for 1 in takedown attempts. But Carlos is on quite the run. Obviously, the bigger and weight you get, the more knockouts you'll see, uh, especially with these big power guys. But he extends his winning streak to four after losing in his uh, UFC debut. So he's technically five and one in the UFC with his contender series victory. And he's coming off three finishes in a row. Uh, I'm really excited to see where he goes next. And then for Ihor, um, you know, definitely a brutal loss for him uh, that early. Didn't really get to get his game plan really involved. But the duelist starts a new losing streak, and he moves to 2-2 two and two in the UFC with his contender series victory. Another quick knockout. Ian, the future Machado Gary with a 50G performance. And the toughest test to his UFC career, he's shown, uh, shined bright like a star. There was a video of him in the press conference all week, you know, doing his best Conor McGregor impression. Uh, Mystic Mac, I predict these things. Talking about getting a finish with the height right kick, and that's exactly what happened. The high right kick uh, landed clean against Daniel Rodriguez, sat him down. He was able to get the TKO finish, and it only took Ian uh, 23 total strikes and significant strikes. D-Rod only landed seven total and significant of his own. Um, so huge win for Ian as he enters the rankings. Let's see. Um, he enters the rankings at 13. So he is now a top t- top 15 fighter. He called out Neil Magny, even though he knows Neil has a opponent. He's maybe thinking he wins that fight, wants to fight uh, all the people in the top division and prove that he is worthy of a title shot. Doesn't want to rush it. Looks like he's doing all the right things. Um, he stays undefeated and moves to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 0 oh in the UFC. 
Um, coming off two finishes, very impressive stuff by Ian Gary. D-Rod, tough loss. He extends his losing streak to two, um, and he is one and two since the beginning of 2022. The only win coming against Li Jingliang in the chaotic UFC 279, which was a late catchweight bout that definitely did not favor Lee. In my opinion, Lee won that fight as well. So tough skid for D-Rod. In the light heavyweight affair about, I did get wrong, Johnny Walker with the unanimous decision over Anthony Smith. And he really took it to Anthony Smith with the leg kicks, immobilized him. Damn near could have got a, a leg kick TKO, but never went for the finish, kind of played it conservative, which with the finishes and the, the, the chaoticness that Johnny's had in his UFC career, I can understand that. Uh, Dana seemed a little bit harsh on him in the uh, UFC post-fight uh, press conference, and that's probably why he's not getting a 50G bonus. But uh, let's see. I would say the biggest win uh, for him in his UFC career, and on the opposite end, a very brutal loss for Anthony Smith when it comes to him contending in the UFC any longer. Um, Johnny Walker landed 99 total strikes to Anthony's 41, 92 significant strikes to Anthony's 38, uh, was one for one in takedowns and Anthony was one for three in takedowns, but was really outclassed. It started in the first round, the second round he was pouring it on. And in the third round, Anthony was switching stances and could barely walk because of those leg kicks, but he wasn't going to give up because that's not the guy that Lionheart Smith is. Um, but Johnny Walker extends his winning streak to three. Two finishes in those three. He moves up in the rankings to uh, two spots to number five. Anthony Smith drops two spots to number seven. And Anthony Smith extends his losing streak to two. Um, he hasn't won since he had two wins against Jimmy Crute and Ryan Spann in 2021. Obviously, he's been doing some desk work as an analyst. I'm really interested to see where he goes from here if, if he still has the fire to continue to to fight in the light heavyweight division. And then the main event, the biggest enigma showed out. He did his thing, only took um, three total insignificant strikes from Jarzinho, or actually three total. He landed 14 total, four significant, got the takedown and submission of his own. It was slight work for Almeida, or um, Jaelton Almeida, who got the rear naked choke, smothered uh, Jarzinho, and uh, really that was that, and... I mean, anyone probably could have predicted this, but he gets another 50 G's headlines and ABC card. So showing out on um, local TV on the big networks. And it was a great weekend for the UFC in Charlotte. Again, the um, best gate in domestic fight night history. You love to see these fight nights go anywhere, but the UFC or, but the UFC apex. Um, Jaelton moves up in the rankings, three spots to number nine. Jarzinho drops three spots to number 12. And uh, yeah, things are getting spiced up as, again, we have a fight card this weekend. Um, in the Apex, the, the main card starts at 4 p.m., the prelims at 1 p.m. Um, Pacific. And this is on ESPN Plus, no primetime television this weekend. Some decent fights. We have uh, Takashi Sato taking on Themba Gorimbo in welterweight. Natalia Silva, huge heavy or huge uh, favorite against Victoria Leonardo. And then we have the Enum Claw lightweight young stud taking on another young up and comer, uh, the 25 year old Nick Fior. This should be a fun one. Nick has a lot of submission victory, uh, submission wins. 
So I'm interested to see how that plays out. A uh, little grappling versus grappling. Uh, Nick training out of um, the New England cartel. Um, I do think he will have a striking advantage, but I think Chase's ground game is going to be better. So I'm going to take Chase Hooper in this fight night card. A very great fight. Elir uh, Latifi versus Rodrigo Nascimento. Um, Rodrigo is the uh, Vegas favorite, but I like what Elir's done in, in his career recently. He had a, a great win at the end of last year against Alexi Olenek with the most submission wins. He, he got the uni- unanimous decision. He had a close, hard-fought victory against Tanner Bozer in a split decision. And Rodrigo's coming off a win in September 2022 against Tanner Bozer. Split decision win as well. Um, as long as Rodrigo isn't getting busted for PEDs again, he had that issue against Alan Baudot. Um, you know, he, he looks to have a promising career as he's in his prime. I think Alir Latifi has too high of an IQ, has that submission grappling background, uh, has, has a ton of grappling um, experience and championships um, and, and grappling competitions. I think he's going to put him up against the cage. I think he's going to wear and tear on him and find a way in a decision victory. So um, I am going to take Alir as the underdog pick there. We also have Gilbert Urbina, the Ultimate Fighter alum, taking on Orion Kosi. Um, Gilbert is actually, I believe, an underdog. Let's see. Gilbert Urbina, plus 110. Um, He hasn't fought a lot since he's earned his way in the UFC, but you could tell he's perfecting his craft. He's got that underdog mentality. He was one of the last picks in the Ultimate Fighter house. I think he proved a lot of people wrong. I think he's going to continue to prove people wrong and get the the win here as in the underdog. Also in the prelims, we have Carolina Kowalsiewicz taking on Vanessa Demopoulos. And this is an interesting fight. Carolina having a career resurgence, um, has really improved changing up gyms, changing up things with her striking. And I think the good vibes are going to keep on winning, uh, continuing her winning ways. And I think she extends her winning streak, uh, with a win against Vanessa. I do think this is going to be a hard fought ba- uh, battle. This is, would be her third win in a row. If she does pull this off. In the main card, we have Diego Fieta, Michael Johnson. This is a straight banger alert to open up the main card. A little bit different styles as Michael likes to have the striking knockout finishes. Diego gets the submission finishes. But these guys sell out on finishes. They do not like to have the the fight go to the judges to score cards. I think that is going to be the case. When we're looking at the lines right now, Michael Johnson's the plus 125 dog. I'm taking Michael Johnson in the underdog. The dogs are coming out to eat. And uh, I might have fun with a little underdog parlay. Uh, Mahashetti and Vyaslav Borshev is fighting. That's a decent fight to tune into. Another massive banger. Joaquin Buckley taking his welterweight debut as he drops weight classes. I recently listened to him on the Joe Rogan experience talk about why he wants to go down. And he had easily been making uh, uh, the upper weight class. So he's taking on Andre Fialho, who's been super active, had five bouts in a year, is really trying to make a name for himself. I'm taking Joaquin Buckley, who is actually the Vegas favorite here. This is going to be a toss-up, though. These guys are going to be slanging, clanging, and banging. And another women's fight that's going to be a a, a banger that's clanging and banging 
We have the young Emily Ducate taking on Lupi Godinez. Emily's the plus 125 dog. I like Emily in this fight. It's going to be a hard-fought battle. I think her striking's a little bit better. They're cleaner shots, better boxing, faster hands. Lupi is very tough. She's hard to get out of there. I think she's going to continue to battle, but I think she gets outscored on the scorecards. And a really awesome middleweight bout here, Edmund Shabazian continuing to come back on the winning trajectory after being a very highly sought-after prospect, taking on Anthony Hernandez, who whose submission has really shown out of late and has really done well. Edmund's actually a plus 200 underdog right now, and I like Edmund in this fight. I think his technical striking is going to be better than Anthony, and both fighters, although Anthony's older, have a lot of fight experience, and I think that's going to show out. I think Edmund's going to show his improved game, and he's definitely been defeated by guys that could take him down and grapple him. I, I know that he's been putting some time in there, you would assume. I, th I think Anthony's going to look to get the, uh, the fight there, but I don't think he's going to be able to, to, to take advantage there. So I'm taking Edmund Shabazian in a very hard-fought win here. And then the main event, we get the 8th-ranked Mackenzie Dern taking on the 14th-ranked Angela Hill. This was supposed to happen in Charlotte, got moved to the main event here, and... I think the amount of time in fight camp, hard cardio, and finding the right time to peak, having that extra week and all the differences there is definitely going to take a toll on the older Angela Hill versus the young Mackenzie Dern. Um, Angela Hill has lived through takedowns and grappling. The problem is that she's going against a young grappling wizard who, who's won ADCC uh, Worlds, has won things in the no-gi and the gi. She is a jiu-jitsu um, connoisseur, you can say. Um and, and I don't think this is going to help her in the fight. And I think McKenzie does have faster hands. Angela typically um, does well when it comes to volume, hitting you with flurries, coming in and out, pacing you across three rounds. And I don't think she's going to be able to do that with McKenzie. So I am taking McKenzie. Um, and, and this is a fun card. Again, I, I'm putting money on a couple underdogs, little underdog parlay, see how that pays off. I'm taking McKenzie in the main event. And uh, that sets us up for a week off at the end of this month until the beginning of June. And then we have an apex card headlined by Kai Kara France and Amir Albazi, the flyweights getting the main event love. Uh, Alex Caceres is fighting Jim Miller, Tim Elliott, uh, Garam Kutatalazzi. That's, that's a guy that I, I really love to see. Looks like a fucking super San um, GBZ character. Then the next weekend we have UFC 289 in Vancouver, um, first time in Canada for a while, headlined by Amanda Nunez and Irene Aldana. Charles Oliveira, Benil Dariush, Mike Malat is fighting, Dan Ige, Nate Landewehr, Marc-Andre Baralt, Eric Anders, Matt Schnell, David Dvorak in a uh, top-ranked flyweight bout, Khalil Roundtree, Chris Dacus, as Dacus makes his light heavyweight debut, Nasardine Amavov and Chris Curtis is finally happening, Hakeem Dawoodoo, so pretty pretty deep uh, pay-per-view card there. Then the next week, we have another fight night card, June 17th. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier. What a scrap that's going to be. Um, I don't know if this card's fully built out yet. The UFC website's trash. You have to um, go to somewhere else. I like to go to SureDog because they're usually more built out. Let's see what they have here. We also have the UFC Road to the uh, UFC Shanghai Quarterfinals. 
one, two, three, and four happening uh, at the end of this month. So although no UFC content in a card, you do have that road to the UFC. When we look at the Vittori card, it is in the apex. It's going to be wild seeing these big guys go at it in the small octagon. We have Armin Sukarian fighting, Muslim Salikov, Nicholas Dalby, Rayoni Barcelos. So pretty solid fight night card there. Then the next weekend, June 24th, is a massive fight night card back in Jacksonville. Josh Emmett, Aliyah Topiria. See if Aliyah is really that legit. Amanda Ribas, Macy Barber, Randy Brown, Wellington Thurman, Bruno Silva, Brendan Allen, Neil Magny, Philip Rowe. That's a great card um, at the end of June. And then in the beginning of July, we have another Apex card. We got Sean Strickland and um, Abu Sipian Megomedov, Demiris Mugulov, Grant Dawson. Some decent fights happening in that card at the beginning of July. And then July um, 10th, or no, I'm looking in June. July 8th is the UFC 290 uh, International Fight Week card headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky, Yair Rodriguez, Brandon Moreno, Alexander Pentoya, Robert Whitaker, Dracus Duplessis, uh, Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, Bo Nickel, Treshawn Gore, Robbie Lawler's retirement fight, Jack Maddalena, Sean Brady, straight stacked. After that, we have um, consistent weekends. Let's see, maybe the 1st of August is the first week off. So we go from July 29th to August 2nd. So consistent summer action until the beginning of August. Strap in. Um, I had some uh, script issues. That's why the, the podcast is short and sweet this week. We will recap the UFC Apex card next week. Nothing to preview. The rebrand's coming soon. Stay tuned. Um, I'm your host, Shane Gillette. Business at Buckets. See you next week.